Good morning, West Bowl Church. Good to see everybody here this morning. I'm glad to be sharing with all of you uh, this morning. So thanks for uh, letting me have this opportunity to share what God has been doing in my life uh, lately. So now before we get started, I wanted to say that I'm excited and hopeful about the future here at West Bowles Church. Not only because what I think God is going to do through our church, but what God is going to do through Thomas Fitzpatrick. We are so excited and overjoyed that he's here and he's going to be starting here soon. In fact, next Sunday he's going to be preaching and he's coming to the hoedown too. So, so we're excited for that. But I do, I do have one small problem with Thomas and I've brought it to the elders, I've brought it to the staff, but it's not going very far. But he does drive a minivan. And so, I mean, I, he's, he's a great guy, but he does drive a minivan. And so I was thinking, you know, that's not that bad. You know, he'll fit in with the church staff here because John drives a minivan, Melanie drives a minivan, Nathan drives a minivan, Emily, you drive a minivan. I mean, there are a lot of uh, minivan drivers out there. Um, Char actually, uh, her minivan, which has leprosy, she actually just sold it this week. So, but anyway, it, uh, you know, it's going to be great. He'll fit right in, and we're excited to see what uh, God does uh, here at West Bowls this year. It's going to be an exciting year. Um, and also, one other thing, I did overhear him talking a few weeks ago, and his first order of business is to fire John Burns. So, I mean, it's kind of sad, but I, John, it's been great working with you, wherever you're at. It's been great. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, well, uh, Father's Day. Uh, was last weekend, and I went swimming with my entire family, and we had, uh, we had so much fun. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but uh, when you go swimming, ironically, uh, you know, when you get out of the pool, it's, you're so thirsty, you know? All that exercising and swimming, and you're, com- you're just thirsty. So last weekend, I just remember drinking so much water because I was so dehydrated. And I do have one sad quick story to share with everybody. I did a, uh, a quick race, uh, like a swimming race, with a 13-year-old girl, you know, from one side of the pool to the other side of the pool, and I lost. I lost the race. I've been crying myself to sleep every single night. It's, actually, I wasn't crying, it was allergies. I've had allergies every single night, and it's even made me more dehydrated. Um, so, but I needed to, uh, to drink a lot of water after that day at the pool. Well, this morning, I'm going to talk about the refreshing living water of Jesus. The title of my sermon is, Are You Thirsty? And the sermon is going to be a little different than most of my other sermons um, than, I, than I typically preach, because usually I talk about action or movement, doing, doing stuff, doing things, and this one's a little bit more about thoughts, hopes, feelings, and rest. So it's going to be a little different than normal. And with our church being in this state of transition, and with some of the, uh, I've had a few conversations uh, this week about people that are tired they're worn out from their schedules. I thought this uh, sermon to be fitting and timely. So um, anyway, so this morning I'm going to talk about the three things that the living water of Christ offers us. Now, water is all around us. The ocean covers 71% of the earth's atmosphere. And the average human adult is 60% water. 
I don't know if you know that. But, and our brains, no joke, our brains are roughly 73% water. Um, uh, I definitely think I have a higher percentage of brain in my water, but I don't know about you. But anyway, so water, water is important to life. But the living water Jesus is talking about is even more important. Follow along in your Bibles at John 7, 37 through 38. You can turn there right now, or you can look up here, right here on the screens. Let me read. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Years ago, I went on a backpacking trip uh, with the high school youth group. And uh, we were hiking through the Sangre de Cristo mountain range on a camping trip we called Marble. And uh, we experienced thirst in an extreme way. We were hiking through this mountain range and with, you know, with these big 50-pound backpacks, and we ran out of water, and we couldn't find any. We sent scouts on different mountains looking for any signs of water. The ponds were dry, the lakes were dry, the rivers were dry, the streams were dry. We could not find water anywhere. And we started, you know, we started to panic. We had 40 thirsty kids with us. And we started feeling the effects of dehydration. We started getting some headaches, muscle cramps, dry mouth, chapped lips, you know. We, we couldn't cook a lot of our food because you need to boil water, you know, when you're backpacking. And um, around 7 o'clock that night, and again, we've been hiking all day long, we finally found water. And I can still picture it in my head, fresh, cold spring water coming out of the side of the mountain. And I'll never, I'll never forget that moment. This water, it cooled us off. It revived us. It refreshed us. It rehydrated us. It sustained us. It brought us all together because, you know, all the scouts were everywhere looking for water. It brought us all to one place, and it was refreshing. And we were able to cook, and we were able to, to wash off. It cleaned us off, and it kept us alive. I don't know if you've ever been this thirsty, but in that state of being, it's all you can think about is water. Now, there's a different kind of water. It's the living water of Jesus, which offers us three things. Unconditional love, rest, and eternal life. Jesus gives us living water, not stagnant water that's been sitting in some slimy, bacteria-infested pond, but fresh, flowing water from a mountain spring that refreshes our souls. This water gives us the much-needed comfort that we're loved by him. It gives us rest for our weary souls, and it gives us the security of knowing our eternal destination. 20 years ago, when I was in high school, right over there at Chatfield Senior High, I was thirsty, but I didn't know why. 
I was thirsty, but I didn't know what would quench my thirst. My soul was, was withering away, and I was clueless until I came here in January of 1994. I started hearing about living water. I started hearing about a God who loves me. I started hearing about a God where I can find peace for my soul, and I started hearing about a God that has a, pl a place prepared for me after death. This living water wants to refresh our souls. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? So number one, the living water of Jesus offers us unconditional love. Brandon Manning writes, God not only loves me, God not only loves me as I am, but also knows me as I am. God knows everything about you and me. He has every hair on our head numbered. Everything about our lives is important to God. He loves us through and through, and he uniquely, uniquely made every single one of us. Mother Teresa writes, as through the eyes of God to us, I know every one of your problems, I know your needs and your worries, and yes, I know all of your sins, but I tell you again that I love you, not for what you have or haven't done, I love you for you, for the beauty and the dignity my Father gave you by, by creating you in his own image. God knows our judgments, our humiliations, and our loneliness, and God sees us attempting to fill that emptiness inside by passing pleasures. Mother Teresa goes on to write, you have tried so many other things in your search for happiness. Why not try opening your heart to me right now more than you ever have before? God wants us to look to him to quench our thirst. God wants us to be satisfied with the unconditional love of the living water. Sometimes we just have to relax. Just slow down. Sometimes we just have to, to take a deep breath and realize God loves us. God loves you. We are constantly running ourselves thin, thirsty to be loved and cherished. Are you worn out? Are you, are, are you worn out trying to be good, accepted, liked, or perfect? We look to, to money or power or success or relationships to, to, to deem ourselves worthy or valuable. We want to be liked by others. We're all scurrying around constantly trying to be something, be important, or be the best. We all have something. We're all looking for value somewhere. We want to be the most knowledgeable, the strongest, the most helpful, maybe even the most religious, the most helpful, uh, the, the best looking, the richest, the one with the most friends, whatever. We're all looking for something to prove ourselves lovable, valuable, and worthy. And God is saying, whoa, 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 stop. Just, just relax. I love you. I love you. 
We are only somebody or something because of God's unconditional love for us. Is your soul thirsty? Look to the living, uh, to the living water. I know we say at times, God, there's no way you can love me. I'm unlovable. Sometimes I'm mean and I gossip and I just looked at something I shouldn't have on the internet or I hate this person or I'm conniving or I'm not who I, I should be. I, I don't open my Bible. I don't know. God, you can't love me. I, in fact, maybe for some of us, we, we don't even love ourselves. We hate ourselves and we think, how can God love me? Look at what I have done. Look at what I do or look at what I just did. I know you love me, but... That's what we say. I know you love me, but I have too many addictions. Or, but you, uh, I hate this person, or, or I hate myself, or I'm mad at you because I, I'm sick, or, or, or whatever it is. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. God says, I thirst for you. We're all broken. Just some of us can hide it better than others, and we're all in the need of a Savior. And God is the only one that can heal our wounds. God is the only one that can fill our hearts. For those of you in, with children, what's the most important thing in your world? Most likely, your children. What's the most important thing to God? Us. You. You're the most important thing to God. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. And God will never stop loving you. Uh, again, maybe you don't feel loved by God right now, but I know he does. I'm sure at times that my own kids feel I don't love them, but I do. God thirsts for us. God says, I thirst for you. For those of us in here that have guilt or fear or shame or self-hatred or maybe you're unhappy right now, turn to the living Christ and you will not regret it. I, uh, I've been a Christian since March 10th, 1995, and I still struggle with these things from time to time, but I know in my weakness, he is strong. And I know that I am loved, and that love has changed me. We have to be careful not to see God as this small-minded bookkeeper that keeps a tally of our failures and successes on a score sheet. Now, I'm not saying we can do whatever we want. We all know that we are to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We all know this. We all know that a belief in life in God will change us. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. God offers us unconditional love and grace, period. We come to him dirty, confused, sinful, messed up, cynical, angry, and guess what? God can handle all of it. He's our heavenly father and creator. Sometimes I like to imagine the story of the prodigal son. You know, the son comes running back into the arms of the father. That's us. Or sometimes I like to think about how Jesus treated Peter after he denied him three times. Jesus had no condemnation for him, just love. That's us every day. God loves us unconditionally and it's hard at times to put our minds around that. For me, it, I've felt a lot of my life, I've, I've felt a lot of conditional love. If, you know, if I acted or performed a certain way, I'd be loved. Or if I, I was worried that if I would make a mistake, 
maybe people would stop loving me. The idea of grace and unconditional love is foreign to a lot of us. And I'm sure foreign to a lot of you as well. That's what's so amazing about grace. Brandon Manning writes, Jesus comes not for the super spiritual, but for the wobbly and the weak need who know they have, that they don't have it all together and who are not too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. Are you thirsty? Open the door to your heart and listen to God say, I love you. God is saying that right now. I love you. If any one of you is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within you. Let's look at point two. The living water of Jesus offers rest. Rest. Do any of you ever feel worn out, burned out, stressed out, or overwhelmed? God offers us refreshing rest for our souls. Now it's summer, you know, summers are great. I think about warm weather and I think about vacations. Do you ever come back from a vacation thinking you need a vacation? Because, you know, to get ready for a vacation, there's a lot of stress, a lot of planning, preparing, and then you get on vacation, you're like, oh, this is so much fun. But then you're thinking about all the things you need to do when you get back home, like, oh, here we go, 500 emails, you know, so you're stressed out about that. Getting true rest can be an illusion at times. Before, yeah, getting rest can be difficult in this day and age. All of us have so much to do that we lose focus on the most important relationship that we can have. In this relationship with our creator is where we can find refreshing rest for our souls that we so desperately need and want. God offers true rest for our souls. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me. I counsel a lot of people through a secular uh, university, and I see a lot of clients that are depressed and tired and empty. And I find myself feeling frustrated at times that I, I have to hold back on pointing them to the healing water of Christ. We have a program here at West Bowles called the Stephen Ministry. It's a para-counseling program. And what's so amazing is that in that ministry, we point people to the healing waters of Christ. We point them to the healer. And again, I get thirsty. I get mentally, physically, and spiritually dehydrated when I forget to drink from the living water. Are you thirsty? Are you looking for rest? Slow down. Slow down and spend some time with God. God offers this rest when we turn to the living water of his son. When we were backpacking that day, finally, we finally found water and I filled up my my bottle of, you know, and I'm drinking it, I'm just laying back and I'm just soaking up the sun, relaxing. How does rest with the sun, S-O-N, look for you? We can find rest or refreshment spiritually in a lot of obvious Christian ways, right? You know, church, Bible, 
pray, fellowship? Or maybe at times these are not so obvious ways. Sometimes I think we put God in a box and expect him, expect him to always refresh us or give us rest if we do these specific things. I know that all four of these are important, that all four of these things are important, but, but they don't always work for me. Now, I'm just being honest here. Sometimes I read the Bible and I'm confused. You know, sometimes, I, you know, I'll come to the Bible and I'll have a problem and I'll open up the Bible and I'm, I'm even more confused about my problem than when I, open, when I open up the Bible. Or sometimes I have no clue even what I'm reading and I go to a commentary and I read the commentary and then again, I get, I get confused. Or sometimes, sometimes I'll read the Bible and I'll read a verse and I'll, and I'll think, ah, it seems like that that just contradicted this other verse that I just read. I know it doesn't. I know it that it doesn't, but it, some, I'm just like, ah, this is tough. Or sometimes I get mad or, or bitter because of the different things that we read about or the different decisions God makes, the commands that he makes, the decision he makes. And I say this because I'm not always refreshed by the Bible. And, you know, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. And again, I'm just being honest. And it's not like every time I read the Bible, I feel rest for my soul. I know it's the infallible word of God. But there are a lot of difficult passages that are far beyond my finite mind can understand. Or what about church? Church isn't always refreshing, either because, you know, maybe the music isn't exactly what we wanted, or the preacher doesn't exactly say what we'd hoped for or needed, or maybe, you know, we come to church and we're just running cables or changing diapers, so maybe it doesn't always leave us refreshed. And prayer. You know, sometimes when I pray, it, it's like I get a, a, a dial tone. It's like, God, you know, are you, are you there? I know he is. I know he's there, but I, I don't hear from him or I don't feel it. Or fellowship. Sometimes fellowship, we, 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 we come to church or we, we go to an activity or event and we don't feel noticed. Or we feel like we're not important. We go unnoticed. Sometimes maybe we feel like an outsider. Maybe sometimes we come to a fellowship event and we feel like we're judged. Maybe sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes it makes us realize that this person annoys me or I don't like this person. And again, God does use these four areas to refresh our souls, but these are not the only ways. I say all these things because I want us to have a realistic expectation of these traditional expressions of our faith. I think it's important that we do all four of these things, Bible, church, pray, fellowship, but hopefully our list is not limited to only these things. If we are looking, rests, looking for rest for our souls, it will include these four areas, but hopefully we're self-aware enough that we know or have other experiences where we are connected to the true living water of Christ. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. This refreshment from God may be found in the beauty of creation, maybe being in nature or camping or fishing, or maybe in a gorgeous song. I know for me, uh, when I listened to an opera last month, when my wife and I were in uh, Venice, Italy, and when I listened to this song, this opera, it touched my heart to the point of tears. 
just, the, the song was beautiful. And guess what? It wasn't even a Christian song. But I had a moment with God. We can find rest in a beautiful sunset, a shared meal, shared family meal, maybe painting with watercolors, a run, a movie, a good book, maybe helping somebody in a caring conversation, a touching email, riding a horse, playing an instrument, the list goes on and on. God can meet us and refresh us even in the mundane activities of our daily life. It's not like, oh, okay, I walk in the church, now fill me with rest and fill me with your love, which can happen, but not always. God wants us to be there with us in all areas of our life. God wants to be there right with us in the things that we enjoy. For me, when I think about my kids, I'm delighted when they are happy. And I think God is the same way with us. He rejoices when he sees us happy or when he sees us enjoying life or enjoying him. See, this living water is not a religion. This living water is not a religion. It's not a set of rules to follow. It's not about good works. It's not, about, it's not a project. It can't be forced. It's about drawing close to God all the time, daily, in everything, in all areas of our life. This closeness will give us rest for our souls. This closeness will give us rest for our souls. Our relationship with God shouldn't be burdensome or a hassle or loaded with guilt. It should be natural and authentic and enjoyable. Research, uh, research has shown four out of five people uh, leave their Christian faith during their college years. Maybe it's because their faith has been tied to rules or requirements or duties or guilt or dogma and maybe expectations. And I think young people, they, they just crack. They lose sight of God's refreshing love in the weight of trying and going after religion. Are you thirsty? God wants us to find rest by drawing close to him and drinking from the true living water. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. This is the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, I love these verses. Christ offers something that can be found nowhere else. Rest for our souls. For me, I'll never forget about the time about <clears throat> 10 years ago, I would sit on my back porch it was over the summer and do nothing but be present with God for 30 minutes a day, uh, every single day. I tried to have no distractions, no long list of prayer requests, no Bible verses, no Christian books, no spiritual goals, just him and I. And it wasn't easy. 
And it was often scary. But it was refreshing. And again, I would get distracted probably 20 or 30 times every minute. But it brought about true rest for my soul. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and acknowledge that I am God. Be still and experience that I am God. God wants us to spend time with all of us. God wants to spend time with you. Psalm 42, one through two. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? When we commune with him, we are offered rest for our souls. Are you thirsty? The living water of Jesus offers us eternal life. How comforting that we don't have to worry about death. The living water of Jesus is eternal. When I was a kid, I was worried about dying and I would ask some people, you know, what would happen after I die? And they would just say, I don't know. And something just didn't sit right with me. There has to be more than what we just see right here. And the first time I ever heard about heaven was right here, right over there in the church office. We had a youth group meeting. And I remember hearing about a place called heaven. And one year after attending youth group, Brett Gothier asked me if I was a Christian. I said, I don't know. And then he said, because when we die, we want you to be in heaven with us. And it just hit me. I knew that that was the truth. Jesus conquered death. And we too can if we put our hope, faith, trust, and life in Jesus. <clears throat> now, after I became a Christian, it wasn't easy to accept God's promise of eternal life in heaven. I'll be honest, it wasn't easy. I remember as a 17-year-old kid, because that's, that's when I became a Christian when I was 17, I remember thinking I had to read my Bible every single night before I went to sleep in case I died. You know, I remember honestly being nervous about, about going to hell if I didn't read my Bible. I remember for years being worried about my salvation. I remember thinking, I can't mess up. I remember wondering if I'm good enough to get into heaven. I remember wondering, did I say the right prayer? Have I prayed the right words, God? And still at times, these thoughts plague me. And then I realized that God knows his children and that perfect love drives out all fear. We don't believe in Jesus so that we don't go to hell. We believe in Jesus because his son died for our sins. Isn't it refreshing knowing that we're just passing through, that this isn't our final destination? That our death is just the start. To paraphrase Brandon Manning, we ought to give ourselves over to joy because we've been liberated from the fear of life and the fear of death. Fear of life and death. Jesus talks with the woman at the well. Jesus says in John 4, 13 through 14, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, 
The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Are you thirsty? In Revelations, it reads, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. The living water of Christ offers us unconditional love, rest, and eternal life. Does our soul look like that? Does our soul look like that? Without water, our physical body dies. And without the living water, our soul dies. God is whispering to all of us right now. God is whispering to you right now. Just listen. He is saying, I love you no matter what. God is whispering right now, you can find rest in me. And God is whispering to all of us right now, I want to live with you forever. I want to be with you forever. Are you thirsty? Come close to God and never be thirsty again by turning to the living water of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and mercy. We thank you so much for your son. We thank you so much for the sacrifice he made for all of us. Father God, we are so thankful that you love us and that you care about us and you want a relationship with us. Father God, we pray that we can come to you right now for rest, for eternal rest. And we pray for all these things in your name. Amen.